revealing the secrets of great public speaking. It's the Speak Fearless Podcast with Mark Westbrook. Hello, hello. If you're new to the podcast, welcome. If you're returning for more public speaking goodness, then welcome back to the Speak Fearless Podcast from Public Speaking Coach Scotland's Speak Fearless Academy. I'm public speaking coach Mark Westbrook, a former acting coach and political speechwriter, and it doesn't matter what level of public speaking you're doing, there's something here to help you hit the next level. So this is it, episode three. You know, a few weeks ago I hadn't recorded a podcast, and here I am on episode three, enjoying sharing my public speaking tips and techniques right here. And if you like what you hear on today's episode, get yourself subscribed so you don't miss the next one. So let's kick off. Do you want to be boring? In this podcast, we'll address the topic of how to stop your audience from falling asleep because you have bored them rigid. The problem is you're boring, or at least that's what we're all afraid of. Who wants to send everyone to sleep? We don't want to do that. The problem is we're often boring when we misunderstand the point and purpose of good public speaking and presentation. So let me talk to that and see if I can change your mindset. Most Boring public speaking situations are when one person who doesn't enjoy speaking dumps a whole lot of information on a group of people that didn't really want to hear it. It's no fun having someone talk at you, tell you a load of stuff like transferring data from one device to another. It's boring, boring, boring. And boring is a sin. In public speaking, it's a crime. So it's something we want to avoid at all costs. The truth is, it's not your fault. There was no public speaking part of school, college, or university, probably. We were often expected to speak publicly. And I remember people having to get up and talk about various topics in their classes. We even had examinations on public speaking. And guess what? They provided no training. We just had to get up, give a talk, and they gave us a grade. There was no one saying, hey, by the way, if you ask the audience a question here or... Hey, don't use, that, uh, don't use that visual there. Use it here. Wait until there. I want to change that for all of my clients. I want them to have empowered techniques to use to improve their public speaking. So today, I'm going to help you to avoid being boring. Because you are, no offense, very boring when you don't employ some of the techniques that I will share with you today. In truth, it's very hard to get our attention. Our attention is a very limited thing, and it's under attack. Back in 2000, scientists conducted a study. They discovered the average human attention span was 12 seconds. By 2013, it had slipped to 8. For comparison, the attention span of a goldfish is 9 seconds. So it's clear that we're in trouble. Our minds are shuttling back and forth between remembering something from the past and thinking about the future, not to mention notifications. Notifications are the devil. Notifications are designed to steal your attention. Every app is competing for your ever-shortening attention span. I checked my iPhone today around 3.15 and I had already received 63 notifications today. I've been awake for 7 hours, so I'm approaching 9 notifications an hour. I apologize for ranting about notifications, but imagine by the end of the day I'll probably have twice that number and actually, I don't... I've turned off all my notifications, so I don't even see them. But yeah, I even turn off WhatsApp. I want to choose when I use my phone. I am not the slave to a beep any longer. It's not been easy, 
but I've managed to achieve it. I've done the same on my laptop. My attention is already poor. Now at least. My attention is poor. Already poor. And now I'm not competing with the app makers for my attention too. It's getting harder and harder to get and keep people's attentions. So now if you're involved in public speaking of any kind, you may need to work harder than ever. And you rarely have anyone's complete attention because their phone is already ready to interrupt with something usually non-essential. There are really only two ways to strongly hold your audience's attention. The first is the dynamics of how you speak. And the second is audience engagement or participation. Although it's very difficult to get and hold an audience's attention, it is possible to make them listen. I'm going to leave speaker dynamics for another podcast. So today we're talking about audience engagement and participation. Is it the most powerful way to hold attention and prevent them from falling asleep? Let's find out. First, the biggest mistake we make in creating any presentation is that we think our job is to tell them information. That's as boring as whale shit. No one wants your information. If you're recoiling, like the number of training departments I tell that to, good, because I need your attention on this. Whatever you want to communicate will not impact anywhere near as closely to what you want to impact unless you make sure you speak about why it's relevant to those listening to you. Always, always, always design a presentation from the perspective of the listeners, your audience. One easy way to grab your audience's attention is to make it all relevant to them. Next, the beginning and end of your presentation, the opening and closing, as people call it, you need to make a strong opening if you want people's attention. You generally have people's attention at the beginning of a presentation. Don't waste it. Your audience are trying to gauge in the first few minutes, is this going to be boring or should I actually listen? Is this person engaging, interesting, and most of all, relevant to me? If they get the feeling that this is going to be dull, they will start to switch off and you will never get them back. You've basically got five minutes to hook and hold your audience. So this means pay attention to the first five minutes of your talk. Like no other part of it. Of course, I'm not suggesting that you don't make it all kick-ass. But the first five minutes really matter. If you want to hold attention, start with an engaging story or a captivating statement that makes them want to hear more. Don't start with, Hello, uh, good morning. My name is Andrew Parkinson and I'd like to talk to you about uh, the, the reshuffle in the IT department that's recently happened and that will affect all of your computers from now on. You need to engage to captivate. Now, uh, talk of a couple of examples from uh, TED Talks. Amy Cuddy's famous body language talk starts wonderful opening like this. I want to start by offering you a free, no-tech life hack. Sounds intriguing, doesn't it? A life hack, and it's free. Great, tell me more. I don't want to alarm anyone in this room, but it's just come to my attention that the person to your right is a liar. Says Pamela Mayer expert on lies and lying. E.J. Lim started like this. I'm eight years old. It's my first day at the new school, but I can't express myself. In fact, I don't know a single word of English. Oh, crap, we think. What would it be like to be in her shoes? What will happen to her? 
Tell us. Neuroscientist Sergei Paskas starts his with, How does the human brain build itself? Oh yes, I think. I have no idea. I'll listen and find out. Tell me, how does the human brain build itself? Catherine Meyer, formerly head of Wikipedia, starts with this. And my tenure coincided with a very strange time for information. A global crisis of fake news and disinformation. Oh, what a contrast. Wikipedia, a global website of facts and information, up against the crisis of fake news and disinformation. How did she handle it? Yeah, so to start with an intriguing or surprising statement or question is a great way to capture the attention of your audience. Why don't you watch some of those TED Talks? Okay, I'm not expecting everyone to be like those TED Talkers. They are they're, they're professional-level talkers. They're professional-level speakers. But when you watch those openings, you get inspired by how they capture us with a single sentence or two. Similarly to this, but slightly different, you can use an open loop to make the audience want to listen. What's an open loop? Loops are famously connected with NLP or neuro-linguistic programming, and it's a, it's a simple psychological tool that's effectively used in marketing and advertising all over the world. An open loop is when we start something, a story, a statement, we introduce an idea, but then you don't give the audience enough information to fully understand. This creates a, a curiosity, an, an irritation, a dissatisfaction, because you leave them wanting more. With the promise that if they keep listening to the end of the presentation, or at least this part of the presentation, then you will satisfy their need to have that loop closed. Our brains seek closure. The Russian psychologist Zyganik did fascinating research by observing waiters in a restaurant. Actually, let me come back to that story in a second while I finish what we started. Our brains are wired for closure. We get an enjoyable little drop of endorphin when we experience closure. So always remember to close your loops to satisfy the audience. Opening and closing different loops throughout the presentation is a way to keep the audience listening throughout. And just before you close a loop, you open another one, keeping them attentive throughout. So never close a loop without stirring up a new loop for them and having them hold on. Here's a quick example. I opened a loop about what is an open loop, and you listened until I explained it. In the middle of that, I opened another loop about the Russian psychologist, Zyganik observing waiters. Just before I tell you about Zaganik, I'll open another loop. Do you want to know about how to create a nested set of opening and closing loops, which will force the audience to listen? On my Unshakable Speaker program at the Speak Fearless Academy, I teach exactly how to create a nested set of opened and closed loops to keep your listeners unable to stop listening to you. Now let me finish off with telling you about Zaganik. She was a Russian psychologist who realized that waiters remembered orders better when they were interrupted. She realized that opening a loop, someone telling an order, creates a tension in the mind of the waiter, compelling them to hold on to that information and, and keep it and make it important to them. So much more memorable until it was finished. It's aching to be completed. The best speakers understand how to use the opening and closing of loops to keep people hooked for the entire presentation. And they do that 
by creating loops within loops within loops. Can they really have that kind of power over someone's attention? Let's leave that for another time. Subscribe to the Speak Fearless podcast now and never miss an episode. Now, a lot of people think about presentations presentations as a one-way monologue. That's why I've always thought that lectures are the worst form of education because they deliver information, but they don't interact with the audience. Really great presentations get the audience involved. But how? There are lots of ways to get an audience involved. I don't necessarily mean by asking them to speak. They don't need to, to talk to interact. You might be the one up in front of everyone, but you can still get them interacting. But how? Here's a few simple techniques that I would use to get people involved in my presentation. Okay, first and foremost, early on, early on, ask for a show of hands. It's an easy low-effort, low-commitment way for the audience to take part. The idea is to get the whole audience involved, so asking multiple questions will do that better. First question. Who's worked for this company for 10 years or more? Hands up. Okay, who for five years? Uh, More than three? More than two? More than one? Okay, who for less than a year? Great, well, welcome. Welcome, everybody. Welcome to my presentation. It's nice to see so many of you. Okay, you'll notice that this wasn't a life-changing event. It wasn't designed to change lives. It encouraged interaction and showed that I was interested in the people in this room. This is extremely simple. It's extremely low cost in terms of audience effort, and it opens the door to increasing the amount of audience interaction and involvement very slowly. This is important because people do not like the idea of taking part. But if you go slowly and step by step, you will buy more and more goodwill and involvement. The next level of audience reaction is a bit of call and response. I love the exercise where you ask the audience to clap twice if they can hear you. It increases the level of commitment, but doesn't ask too much of them. It it builds the kind of trust where the audience will now be ready to answer some questions. It's really best if you don't ask for complex answers, otherwise someone's going to take over your presentation. Maybe something like this. And we all know that speed equals distance over, and then leave a gap for them to say, time. In terms of verbal commitment, this is a a low effort for them. But they are way more involved than just clapping their hands or raising their hands to, to show something. Start with something easy that anyone can answer. If you end up with difficult questions, you'll feel awkward, and so will they. Start with something easy. Get them involved. If you're really confident, you can invite an audience member on stage to roleplay an idea. But just like the professional magician inviting an audience member up to take part in a magic act, you need to be in control of the whole thing. You will need a few jokes and be ready to improvise just in case it doesn't go exactly to plan. One last tip for getting the audience engaged is to incite movement or even singing. In Scotland, I have used the opening lyrics of a particular song to whip the audience up into a rousing rendition of the Proclaimers' 500 Miles. It's amazing how a group of people who have never met before are suddenly singing together at the top of their lungs in a totally liberated way. Of course, you need to pick a song that everyone will know. Now, the late Sir Ken Robinson had a fascinating chatty style of talking to the audience. 
In his incredibly famous, super popular TED Talk, Do Schools Kill Creativity? He starts like this. Good morning. How are you? And the audience actually say, good. See, it's just one word, it's very easy. It's been great, hasn't it? He asks. It's a positively enthusiastic question that's really hard to disagree with. Okay, one small tip about buying cheap likes. What I mean is, how do you get an audience you don't know to like you a little bit, even before the presentation? Turn up early and welcome as they arrive in the building. Welcome them. Introduce yourself. Connect with them. Start building a rapport from the beginning. Rather than sort of hiding backstage, go say hi. Chances are they'll like you a lot more before you've started, and they'll be listening to you from a kinder, more responsive place of mind. This is my daddy's podcast. Thank you, Anna. Let's recap. If there's a danger of boring your audiences to tears, what can you do? Number one, make it relevant to the audience. Make sure you create a presentation with them and their wants and needs in mind. Yep, it's your topic. Yeah, you'll have your own needs but flavor it from their perspective. Two, you need to pay particular attention to the five minutes at the beginning. If it's shorter, and it might be a shorter section, if it's longer, it might be 10 minutes, but you get the point. Make the beginning of your presentation engaging. Three, use opening and closing loops to activate the audience's desire for closure. This will keep them listening, and they will enjoy your presentation even more. And lastly, use audience involvement techniques to get them participating in the presentation. This is a guaranteed way to keep their attention. Start slow. Show of hands is a great way to get them engaged early and effortlessly. Well, I hope that these tips have given you something inspiring to think about, some way and to use them in your next presentation. I love the show of hands. I love using opening and closing loops. Be creative, enjoy yourself with your presentation, and if I can help you, reach out and get in touch. Until next time, balance in all things, my friends. Take care. You've been listening to the Speak Fearless podcast. Head on over to speakfearless.co.uk now for more tips, training, and advice on public speaking and business presentations.